thank you so much for joining us today. We have the pleasure, the honor, such a blessing to be able to talk to Father Paul. He is a priest at the Archdiocese of Newark. He, uh, believe it or not, he thought he wanted to be a comedian, actor. He was a stand-up comic and actor, but how did he end up being a priest? This is just such a fantastic, really powerful, moving story. So welcome to the show, Father Paul. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And may I add, thank you for saying that, but still am a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, wait, 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 wait. It's, it's not that he wanted to be. He is still. No, no, no. I didn't do it. No, no. You were right. You were, I, I didn't do it for the longest time, but I, I, I started doing it just the past couple of years again uh, as a priest for Catholic things and stuff like that. So sure. what a great way to start off by correcting the host that invited me. Hey, thank you. you. This that's is why, why I'm, I'm here. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I love it. I'm a mess too, Father. So that's why I felt very much like it would be easy to talk to you because your podcast called His Holy Mess. So how did that name come about? Uh, well, I was I wanted to start a podcast. So again, and I'm not it's it's so it's a holy mess with his holy mess. Uh, I was <laughs> thinking about that. I wanted to call it his holy mess. I did. And I'm like, ah, would people get it? Most people would understand a holy mess because just life, I'm a mess. That like bottom yes. line, like I'm, I'm a mess. I'm, I, life is messy. Holiness is only possible in a very messy world. And mm -hmm. uh, I want to start a podcast. I wasn't sure what, it, what I should call it, you know? And I just was like, you know what? A holy mess. I'm like, you know, I, I am his, I'm not his holiness. I am mm -hmm. his holy mess. I am his holy mess. <laughs> so I just called it a holy mess with his holy mess. And we just... We, we try to have a lot of fun. You know, we definitely conquer, uh, conquer. <laughs> we talk about, <laughs> uh, serious topics. Um, but I always try to bring some, some humor to it. And, um, because that, that, this is it. I mean, even the, the incarnation was messy. God came into a very mm. messy world. You know, a lot of times we think like we have to be perfect and sing kumbaya and, yes. you know, be, a, and it's like, no, like it's, it's a lot tougher than that. So mm. that, that was where my concept for that came from. Uh, it, definitely not an easy path uh, to, we see Jesus, what happened to him. And, and we know that it's not easy. If it wasn't easy for Jesus, it's not going to be easy for us, but, uh, but you do make it fun. You make it so relatable. Um, I, I, I haven't listened to everything that you have out there, but I've listened to enough to kind of get the gist of, of who you are, what you do. So then, uh, for the listeners that are just joining in, or if uh, you guys are watching us, uh, right now, then how would you describe then your path from comedy to priesthood? Well, uh, I, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian ever since I was 12 years old. And I started to do, I was asked to do impressions by other people at oh. like, you know, um, like, like this, you know, every, every Sunday at our football games, you know, just in the town, uh, you know, yeah. there'd be like the play by play, but during like intermission or halftime, they would invite me to come up to the, to the booth and do impressions on the radio when I was like 12, like back <laughs> in like 94 when Forrest Gump was huge and like Ace okay. Ventura, Pet Detective, you know, very holy movies. Yeah, and, um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just love doing those impressions. So ever since I just started, like I realized I do these impressions and it made people laugh. Uh, Jim Carrey was totally my, my hero and mm. uh, my idol, I guess at the time. And I just, the first time I ever did stand up comedy, I was 14 years old and I was terrified, terrified, terrified. Uh -huh. But the second 
I got that first laugh. Thank God they laughed at my very first joke. I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, this is it. I want to do nothing else. Fast forward, obviously, got Mm -hmm. at different plans. But I thought, I literally thought, like, this is what I'm going to do in my life. I'm going to be a famous actor and comedian. And that's that's what I wanted. How did I end up becoming a priest here now? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, I don't know how long this show is, but I don't think it's, you know, long Uh, enough for the whole story. But, um, I would say it didn't start off with me thinking about becoming a priest. Mm-hmm. It started off with me starting to ask the question, what does it even really mean to be like a cat? Like, what does it even mean to be a faithful Catholic? What does mm-hmm. it mean to actually be a, a Christian? So, you know, many years later, when I started to have some serious questions and I, I had some serious events in my life going on, mm-hmm. uh, especially my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I started suffering from severe panic attacks mm. and even agoraphobia where you're afraid to go really? out. Sure. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what this was right. at the time. I, I thought I was, I was at a party on a, I was uh-huh. a senior in high school, just at some party on the weekend. And I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. Wow. And while I actually thought I was dying, had no idea what a panic attack was. Mm-mm. I just knew, I knew I, I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't right. right. I knew the way that I, I was living and what I cared about, just, you know, fame and mm-hmm. money and popularity. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about, like, what about my, my relationship with my parents? What about my relationship mm-hmm. with, with God? Because I, I went to a Catholic high school, but I wasn't okay. living it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So, um, so it was un- unfortunately when when mm. I when I thought I was going to die is when I started to realize, yeah, I'm not mm. I'm not ready to die, and right. I need to start serious like make some some changes. But I had a lot mm. of questions. I don't, and you can interrupt me at any time. But I, it wasn't just like <laughs> no, said, I love it. Yeah, I had a lot of questions. I, I did not yeah. just start believing overnight because you know this is what you know the Catholic Church says or this is what the mm. scripture. Like I asked a lot and a lot and a lot mm-hmm. and. I, I met this uh, really three people. This, uh, this, sure. this the chaplain at my high school, Father Mike Jolie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy who now people know, but back then nobody knew who he was. Now his name is, well, his name always was Justin Fatika, but he oh. runs a ministry called Heart as Nails Ministry. Back in the okay. year 2000, Heart as Nails didn't exist. He was just mm-hmm. working at my high school. Wow. Uh, so him and my hometown pastor, Monsignor Paul Bokikio, those three guys came in my life when mm-hmm. I was at a serious crisis. Um, and mm-hmm. I had a lot of questions and they were patient with me. They challenged me, but they encouraged me. And I would honestly say it was when I went to confession for the first time in a really mm-hmm. long time that I, I, it was like I was filled with this peace that I had never felt before. I often describe it as, uh, I felt like the angels were tickling me or something. And I was like, and you were a senior, you were in high school, high school. And I, I, I I just vomited all this stuff in confession. Mm. And when the priest gave me absolution, something supernatural happened that I was like, what? Like, this is real. Mm. Like, like this is like something happened to me that was not normal and it mm-hmm. felt unbelievably amazing. And I remember thinking, oh. I want to give people whatever hope, whatever I just experienced, I want to be a channel mm-hmm. for that for other people. So that's mm-hmm. like when it, I wish I could say from that moment on, mm-hmm. I went in the seminary. Right. It was, trust me. That was the beginning. That was the beginning of it. You know, oh. I, I, I had to wrestle with God mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I, I, there okay. was a lot of things I didn't want to let go of. 
And one mm. of them was wanting to be a famous actor comedian. And then obviously mm-hmm. the other one was like, uh-huh. Caprice can't get married. Like what? What right. do you mean? So there was a, you know, but that's, that's what started. Sure. It, it was like, what does it even mean to be a faithful Catholic? Mm-hmm. And then by receiving Christ in the sacrament of reconciliation, starting to go to mass regularly, then something started happening. Like mm-hmm. I remember hearing this voice at mass one Sunday that said, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it was right after the priest was preaching his homily. And mm-hmm. there was this voice in my head said that it'd be really cool to be a priest. And I was like, what? Like, where did like that you, come you from? heard that in your I heard head. a voice in my mind, yes. not audible, but right. it'd be in your really soul. cool to be a priest. Yeah. Yes. So um wow. I'll just shut up for now and then I could, you know. No, listen, I love it. I, I I love it. I this is why we do what we do because we want to hear our guests' stories. And it is such a powerful one. And of course, you're such a wonderful um speaker and so lively and and it does make you think about your own life. So it it, it it's making you know, it, it resonates with, I know, not just me, with, but with a lot of us, you know, that we think we want one thing, but then, and we might even do it for a long time, but then there's this great awakening, you know, and I, I was in TV actually for 20 years. I was a meteorologist. I, I thought that's what I was born to do. I, I'm going to do this forever. And then here I am working at a small Catholic school in Bryan, Texas, doing this as a volunteering kind of basis because I get to talk about God with people that love God and we get to go to mass and we get to go to confession and we get, and, and here I am 50 years old and I'm in Bryan, Texas, you know, college station, Bryan, Texas. And I, I go, wow, dear Lord, he works in mysterious ways. And so you saying your story and, and just your witness, it's, it's powerful. It's moving because it is a reminder to us all that, it's not about our time. It is about God's time. And for you, though, that first call was so early on and it just that, that, that you had a panic attack. You know, so some people wrestle with anxiety and uh, I'm not sure what I want to do. And here we are in a college town and we do speak to a lot of students or parents uh, with students. So then when did you know this was real? Like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, great question. First of all, there's no way that you're 50 years old, so I don't know why you just said that. But uh, <laughs> zero oh, possibility. Well, no, um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing part of your story. That's that's of course. That's, that's powerful. I'd like to hear more of that. But um, you know, I look, I was just, I don't want to say I was a punk. I mean, I think I was a good kid, but I was just, you know, and I had great parents or whatever. But I just, in mm-hmm. a sense, was raised by the culture. I, I really grew. I was born in '82, but I grew up in the '90s okay. and. Just secular, you know. I was a product, honestly, of MTV uh, and HBO. I just, I right. just was, and so I, this guy Justin Fatika challenged the mm. heck out of us. Like, just re- he was the first guy. You know, I thought that if you were going to talk about God, you had to be, you know, either like my grandparents or yeah. a priest. And he was like, I think, mm. like twenty-one years old, and there was this young, athletic, you mm. know. Just, I don't know, good looking guy that was talking about Jesus Christ, uh, you know, and talking about Rocky Balboa in the same breath Mm. and (laughs) comparing them. And like, it it just, it spoke to me. And I wanted that because my way Mm. wasn't working. Like, bottom line is that, like, I tried doing things my way over and over again Mm. and they, it wasn't working. So I ended up, it kept I, I kept ending up on my knees and miserable crying out to the Lord. Yeah. It finally got to a point in 2004. Again, I graduated high school in 2000. So it finally mm-hmm. got to a point in April 2004 of going back and forth for years 
and years mm. really involved in my faith, not involved at all, really yeah. involved in my faith. And then I drive cross country with my girlfriend at the age of mm-hmm. 20. Like, sure, you know, so, but honestly, April, 2004, I, I went on a, a hard as nails reach, uh, uh, retreat weekend and I had a major, major panic attack that Saturday mm. playing basketball, went to the emergency room. Mm. Everything was fine. I went back and there were people uh, praising and worship and, you know, everybody was just kind of, you know, singing and in a good mood and looking at the cross. And mm. I said, you know what, Jesus? I said, I know I've said this to you before, but I am done doing it my way. Like mm-hmm. I am done. I don't, I give you all, whatever that means. And being a priest wasn't in my mind. It was like, sure. I get, I will, I will live because there were certain moral teachings of the church that I, mm. I, I wasn't ready for. Okay. And now I, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm done Lord. Like, cause a lot of people, you know, were like, why don't you, you know, why do you always have to be in a relationship? Mm. Why don't you just get to know yourself, get to know God. Sure. And I was like, you know, Christopher West always talks, you know, that says that, that song looking for love in all the wrong places, looking mm-hmm. for love in too many faces, like a hopeless romantic. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like St. Augustine in, in love with love mm. itself or, or the concept of it. Mm. And, Finally, that night, I said, all right, and I know this sounds like mad corny and the theology is off, but at that time, at the the Mm. age of 21, I said, you know what, Lord? You be my girlfriend for a little while. I'm I'm doing things my way. Mm. Let me try to get to know you. And thanks to God, um, Justin took me underneath Mm. his wing. They helped me get a job at Paramus Catholic High School, helping out the uh, Mm. kids just as a layman, helping out in the campus ministry for a year. Mm. And within 12 15, 12 to 15 months after April, 2004, I was in the college seminary. I was like oh, within wow. 15 months later. So mm-hmm. God, and when I said that prayer, the priesthood wasn't even a thought in my mind. Right. But again, so it was, um, when did I absolutely know this was for me? Mm-hmm. Like 100% to be honest with you, yeah. like 100% the day <laughs> of my ordination. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, the Lord confer- confirmed it a couple times before that. Sure. But I'll tell you a very, I'll tell you the quick version of a very powerful story. Okay. Okay. I gave my life to Christ, and I even felt like the Lord was calling me to go into the to, into the seminary, and I said yes, and I went on the interviews, and I filled out the application, and I got accepted. After I get accepted to the seminary, there was still like seven more months before I could enter, so like okay. almost a year. And I meet the girl of my dreams. No. Like I meet the girl. Like, and I'm not a seminarian yet, right? But I was oh. going to go into seminary. And okay. so I'm like, well, I, I mean, you know, so I just try to be friends, try to be friends, blah, 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 okay. whatever. So long story short, back and mm. forth, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go into seminary. I, I really like her. I'm going to date her. I don't mm. want to, you know, it's not fair to her to drag her along, this and that, yada, sure. yada. I don't want to play with anybody's feelings or emotions. So mm-hmm. it was like one week I'm going to the seminary. The next week I'm not going to the seminary. You know, again, sure. about six months away, five months away. Well, finally, I, mm. I, I felt the Lord loud and clear say, listen, give it one year go in mm. like and i knew that i had to break all ties i just knew okay. that i had to break all with this wonderful wonderful mm. human being and it was painful and it hurt and i went to my pastor's mm. office 
And I, and I cried a river oh. because normally when, you know, things didn't work out in relationships with girls, mm-hmm. it was usually you broke up because something was wrong. Somebody was mad at right. the other person. There was nothing wrong here. It was two goods. Yes. And this was like a sacrifice that I wasn't used to. And mm-hmm. I was crying my eyes out. And Monsignor Pobo Kikio, he put one hand on my shoulder and he slammed his fist on the table with the other hand. Mm-hmm. And he said, this was August 2005. He said, no, July 2005. He said, God knows the sacrifice that you're making and mm-hmm. he will not be outdone in generosity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay. I don't know what that means, but mm-hmm. like he said that, right? Mm-hmm. I go in to the seminary about a month later Obviously, I'm not, you know, I'm not dating anybody. I'm in the seminary, sure. right? Long, long, long story short, five years later, my diaconate day during the homily, Archbishop Myers is preaching the homily. And this is right before we make our promises of celibacy and obedience. Mm-hmm. And the Archbishop doesn't know my personal story of my vocation. He doesn't know what happened that I had right. to let go of this great girl to go into the seminary. He looks up from his notes. He mm-hmm. looks all of us in the eyes. And he says, my sons, God knows the sacrifice that you're making, and he will not be outdone in generosity. He said the same exact words that Monsignor Mm. Paul said to me. I wept like a baby in the sanctuary, and I knew then that that that's what I meant on the day of my ordination. Mm -hmm. And And it was my diaconate ordination, because that's when we make the promise of celibacy. And mm. I, the Lord confirmed it again. So mm. that's how I knew. And here oh. I am 13 and a half years later, just a mess, oh. but I'm his <laughs> mess. Well, listen, it is definitely a holy mess. So amen. Hallelujah for your yes, for your commitment, for hearing the call. And like Mary saying, yes. Um, I mean, so powerful. Father, thank you. Thank you for sharing. You don't even know how powerful this is personally for me. I know that always God has this message for me with every interview that I do. That's why I love what I do, because this is kind of how God talks to me, if that makes sense. Um, every, Every person that I talk to, like tonight, yourself has something to say to, to, to me that I feel is from God. So, um. You know, I, I, I mean, really, thank you for, for sharing your story so passionately. Um, who, I, I don't even know where I was going to go with this because I was about to get emotional and then I go, no, 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 hold it back. Hold it back. No, come on. Um, let them see your tears. Let them no, see. no, no. I always cry. Right. Guys, the guys behind here, they know I always, I, I tend to cry because I do. I feel that, you know, and, and I just feel everybody's wonderful, powerful stories and it, it just resonates deeply with my soul. So, you know, what is really um, people. And even a lot of Catholics, they are uncomfortable with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. They're uncomfortable with authenticity. And yeah. I think that's why sometimes, look, do I say the most prudent things? Do I always mm-hmm. post? Maybe not, but I try to show people mm-hmm. that the priesthood, that Catholicism is very human, you know? Um, right. So. I mean, yeah. because I, I think that what, I, what, what strikes me so much that you're saying, okay, personally, and I know that this will hit someone that's listening, hopefully, is that, you know, I, I hear things too, right? Everybody hears, I hope everybody hears God's voice and, and then wonders, like, what, is, what does it mean? And, and how do I know it's God's voice? And I think I've worked on that my entire life, right? And I think I know the answers for myself. God speaks the, my language in a different way, maybe that he speaks to you. But, um, you know, I, I, I think I have no one to speak about God. 
like that's first what I think about myself. Right. So, um, like in TV, nobody talked about God, right? Like in meteorology and all of this. And so now I'm feeling this like really like tremendous call and I get emotional because I go, who am I to talk about God? You know, like how, I don't even, I've read the Bible once, you know, like how, how am I going to talk about God and what are people going to think? And, you know, again, here I am this old lady and I, I, what would I even talk about? You know, like I've got a little bit of following, but like, am I really just doing it for the following? Like, is that all I really care about? And so all that you're saying, Father, it just strikes so deeply because when I turned 50, I told myself, you know, again, I'm doing everything that I do. I do it for you, Father. I've waited long enough. I'm not going to wait anymore. I want to do everything that I'm going to do for you. And I've been hearing since February, you know, do something like this, you know, do a podcast or do, use social media. I mean, my background's in TV and communication. So use it, do it. But then I, I don't know how to do it. And I, I, I say, I know, I don't know enough about God. I can't, I can't, you know, and what are people going to say? So thank you for listening to all of this. Oh, no, good. Thanks for sharing it. And yeah, what, how do you do about. it? You know, Come how? On. How do you do it? Because you're a priest. So people listen to you. Right. But so how can people like you said, you said, well, a lot of people listen to you, father. Yeah. Yeah. You know that that you've got this authority. Right. So how can we just as people in our day to day lives? Obviously, I, I flood my children with God and my husband and I and our prayer life and everything. But but to others, you know, how can we evangelize? Right. Uh, what can we do more like just unabashedly, right? That's, that's what I, I always think about. Why don't we do that? Like when we go to a restaurant, we talk about the restaurant. It's so great. Oh man, go to this restaurant. But how can we talk about God every day unabashedly? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, not on our own willpower, courage, knowledge, because we will get destroyed if we mm. do not first start by by receiving. We can give nothing away. Zero. Nathan, nada. If we do not, we could only give what we receive. And we first, there's two dimensions of the church. There's the Marian dimension of the church, which means we must be open. We must be receptive. Mary was open and receptive. And then there's the Petrine mission of the church or the Petrine dimension. Peter, the going out, the, the, the baptizing all nations, the preaching the good news to the four corners of the earth. But the Marian dimension must always precede the Petrine dimension, being open, being prayerful, being, um, receiving must come before we give. So we could only start talking about mm. God to other people if we're first actually talking to God. Like mm. we need that personal relationship. Mm -hmm. We, we need that one-on-one -on -one mm. with him because if we just talk about what we know about what we learned in a book, I was mm. just reading something recently. I was, in, I was just in France with the, the theology of the body Institute and um, Christopher West gave some unreal, amazing talks, um, not just about theology of the body, but about St. Therese and the little way. And I, there was a quote, it might've been from Aquinas, maybe John Paul II. He said, even if you were to read the Bible from cover to cover, mm -hmm. even if you were to read the entire Summa Theologica and mm -hmm. remembered it, but you were without prayer, it would mm -hmm. mean nothing, zero. Mm -hmm. So we have to be people of prayer. Mm -hmm. that there was something about 
this interview about you know peace you know be, being people of peace and the chaos mm -hmm. of the life how do we there is no way at least that i know of to attain peace in this insane world than having quiet silent one-on-one -on -one time with mm -hmm. god mm -hmm. i know everybody's life is different not everybody's a priest that could just walk into a church people mm -hmm. are married they have kids so it, prayer looks different and there's many different ways to pray mm -hmm. but the only way that I know to really attain that peace is to carve out, carve out time mm -hmm. where I can be one-on-one -on -one with him and receive who he is. So I hope that answers that question. Oh, yes, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Because yes, that, that's, mm, that's key. Um, I was told that God speaks the loudest in, in the language of silence. Mm -hmm. God speaks speaks the loudest to us in the language of silence, and it it's mm. it's a it's a battle to get. There's so yes. much noise. It's really insane. no. It's it's too much. So many distractions. And and well, Father, I've gone to a couple of silent retreats, so that's that's been key for me because I'm the most talkative, extroverted, ridiculous, you know, talk to a wall kind of human being. But yes, the beauty that I found in in those silent retreats. And um, have you been and, able to and, do that as a married? person with mm. with children yes you I, did. I i i went to my husband that's i'm he's unreal and yes he he yes i've, I've gone in the past six years i've gone to two retreats so i didn't do it when they were uh, tiny you yeah. know they now i've got my my youngest is nine so we're older parents uh but i yeah i can't say enough about that you know uh it it, it was there that that I, I also started thinking, and I've always been thinking about, you know, you need to talk more about God, talk more about God, talk about, but I always feel that that's why this is a gift, right? To me, because I get to do it. I get to talk about God. And I wish I could do this every day, by the way, to the producers uh, of this radio show. Uh, listen, please. Yeah, me Anyhow. too. Me too. Hire me too. Hire, hire me. Okay. Hey, we should have a show, Father. No, what up? Um, what up? You know, well, way, so... you used to be on uh, TV as a meteorologist. Yes. Believe it or not, I was. I'm not kidding. I was Stop. my first gig out of high school. Uh, no, I wasn't a meteorologist. Okay. I was a background dancer I... on an MTV hip hop show. <laughs> my first I gig ever. I want to see this. I was a background dancer <laughs> on an MTV hip hop show called Direct Effect. No, I swear. Awesome. And when I say a background dancer, I don't mean like professional. I mean, I was just like, like I was just going like this in the background. I was like one of two, <laughs> one of two white guys back in the year two thousand. That is you know? so good, Father. Yeah. Listen, well, my first TV show was Ritmo Latino because I'm Latina, and so it was a music video show, and that was the first thing that I ever did on TV. And then I went on into meteorology. There so see, okay, so. We need to reel it back in, Father, but not really, right? This is what it's fun. Uh, yeah, why it's take, fun? Take so charge. we have we have about fifteen minutes, I, and again, we could talk about so much, and it's 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 a beautiful thing again to share this time with you. So, um, in my line of questions, of course, I had the typical, you know, how did you feel called, and how did you start the podcast, and um, what is your most popular podcast, and how, what are the questions you hear from people, um. But but what is something that you feel like people have not asked you about and you wish they would ask you more about in the times that we live in as a priest, a young priest, a priest that has lived, as you shared with us so much in, in a young from from being a senior onward, it, it, you've lived a lot. Um, what do you hope or wish people would focus more on uh, faith wise that maybe 
we don't, you know, we do, we talk about the silence and adoration and praying. I, I don't know. Is there something else? What, what, what is the key or what is something that you, you would like to highlight tonight or today? I think that's a great question. It's a question that's making me think live real time right now. And thank you again for plugging the, co- uh, plugging the podcast. Uh, of so just if I could give it one final plug and then I'll answer yes. so No, do it's it. It's called A Holy Mess with His Holy Mess. Uh, and you could get it anywhere. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, my name is Father Paul Lewis. So if you could subscribe, download, share, rate. But more than anything else, um, honestly, just become a person, a, pr- a person, of prayer yourself. What do I wish people asked me more? I would, I, I, I wish people asked me like, wh- why, like, why, mm. why is this so important to you? Why do you mm. do what you do? Why should I give Christ the, ch- the chance? Or if they're into Christ, but not the church, why should like, why? Mm. Cause there's a lot of what people hear yeah. what, but there's not an explanation a lot of the why behind the what. Like people mm-hmm. may know the church teaches this, but they don't know why, or maybe they don't care. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that more people asked me the question of, you know, what is it about this? Why why does the church teach this? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Why is this important to you? If I could just be mm-hmm. able to sit down and kick it with them about the absolute, absolute, unfathomable, loving, amazing goodness of God. Like, I don't think people realize that God mm. is amazing. Like yes. God is love. God doesn't just have love. <laughs> God doesn't just give love. God is mm. love. Like Catholicism is not boring. It's not, a, it's just, it's not a bunch of right. rules to follow. Like God is ridiculous in the mm. most amazing way. And I don't understand how, I mean, I do understand it, <laughs> I guess in a sense, because of just, of sin and the, the devil is the father of lies in this mm. world and, and all, you know, and everything like that. But like, I, I just can't believe that so many, like here I am saying mass on a son. Mm. I am holding God in my hands, like mm. God almighty in my hands. And the church mm. is half empty. You know, yes. people, you know, 80,000 people going to a Taylor Swift concert on Saturday night. And then and most of those something. people are not in church on Sunday. And meanwhile, like God mm. is, is on stage, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's not on stage. It's not right. a performance, but so it just breaks my mm-hmm. heart. I want to be able to tell people how amazing, exciting, cool, fascinating mm-hmm. it, it is. Because for mm-hmm. me, I, I grew up, you know, like I said, MTV, HBO, like in this culture of hip hop that I grew right. up in, and like I didn't know at all. Oh, I just thought church was so boring. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that the nuns and the priests were just mean people. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I did yes. not have a good experience of it until, until later in high school, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. And I, I guess it, it turned to when I was ready to start asking some questions, but I'm just so scared of people missing out. Mm. This is, this is like the real deal. Like this is unbelievable. Believable. Mm-hmm. And God wants you to be happier than you want yourself to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't think God, like people realize, oh, God wants me to be happy. Like God right. wants me to be joyful. I Amen. think they think that the, the, the church and Catholicism is all about just, you know, if you really, if you, if you become mm-hmm. too religious, then you're really going to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. And John Paul II, at the very end of his very first homily as Pope in October 1978, he said that. Christ, he goes, and he specifically addresses young people. And Pope Benedict, uh, at his first homily, when he mm-hmm. became Pope in, uh, I think it was April 2005, he echoed John Paul's wor- the words, especially to the youth, when he says, That's no, right. 
if you give yourself to Christ, if you truly open wide the doors of Christ, he takes nothing away, zero, mm-hmm. nothing of life that is fun, that is beautiful, that is true, that is truthful. But in fact, he gives you ever more, I think like a thousandfold more, a hundredfold mm-hmm. more. God doesn't take away. The church doesn't mm-hmm. take away. He gives us more. Mm-hmm. And I think people are afraid that if they really get involved, then then they're going to miss out on something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're, you're, you're going to be given like everlasting life. Amen. And not just, not just then, not just right. when you die one day, but in your very mouth, mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. soul, when you receive him yeah. in the Eucharist, mm. like you don't have to wait. Heaven yes. is here at every mass. Yes. So, I mean, that's the, what I love about being mm. a priest most is, is, is being able to be in the confessional to, to absolve mm-hmm. sins in the name of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and to be able to, to say the very words or let Christ say the words through me at mass. And, mm-hmm. and there's God there and we receive mm-hmm. them. So Amen. I, I, that's my tangent. I love it. I love it because that, that is so true. People have this perception of Catholicism and, I guess that for me, coming from Houston, I lived in Houston, Catholic school in Houston my whole life. Big, amazing community of Catholics in Houston. But in the big city, I guess that it gets diluted in my perspective. It, it got a little bit diluted in, in our schools, at least. Um, but here at St. Joseph Catholic School, which is the only Catholic school in the Brazos Valley, the faith and the and, and the just the love of God in these kids is so alive. It is, it is so beautiful to watch them in adoration. And, you know, you know, the class clown and you know, the girl who's always, you know, talking, but in adoration, they just all come together and it's just this beautiful unity, all the, it, 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 to praise God, to be right there in his presence, to be together doing this in fellowship. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful to see it. And, um, I don't know if maybe I wasn't seeing it where where I was and I needed to come see it here. I I don't know, but I I feel that same fire in in me that I just I I just go God is so good and, and it's so amazing to be Catholic and to believe what we believe and I just I just yes, I wish that most more people would give the 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 real Catholic presence and and the Eucharist the the what it is. And um, who is it, Father? You'll you'll know what I'm talking about because I don't remember who said it. That um, if people knew what was taking place in churches every day and especially every Sunday, they would need security at the doors because it's happening every time. It's ha- it's happening every time you want to go to. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I forget who it yeah. was. I don't know if it was, but 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 I remember reading that and going, God, that's powerful, and it's it's so true. But we take it for granted or we don't really think about it in that way. So. Um, you said that's some of the things that you love about being a, a Catholic priest or being a priest. And, um, and that's awesome to hear. So what is a day in the life of, uh, Father Paul Hulis? What, 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 what do you do? Because it might be different for a priest here. You are in, in Newark, in New York, right? I'm in uh, Newark, New Jersey. In Newark, New Jersey. So what do you do in your life as a priest there, uh, a day to day in a typical day? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It depends on what your assignment is. For 10 and a half years, I was in parishes. I was, I, mm-hmm. I was a parish priest. I was a, I was a parochial vicar. And, you know, it's only been, I think, the past 18 months, maybe two years. And now I'm in like a, 
a specialized ministry as a chaplain where mm. I'm not, I live in a parish, but I don't work for the parish. And so, you know, for 10 and a half years, I mean, honestly, you, you could have like, you know, a wedding and a funeral on the same day, you know, oh, you yeah. could you know, do a baptism and, and marry somebody. And so, you know, being in a parish was a lot of, uh, I love doing marriage prep. Like I mm-hmm. love meeting with the couples. I love talking about the theology body. I love doing weddings. Um, you get funerals, you know, those are obviously sadder, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but being able to be there for people, being able to, it's it's weird, like as a parish priest, you're almost like a general practitioner, right? It's not oh, like yeah. a specialty. <laughs> so you might get a phone call that this person is is dying in the hospital. So you got to mm-hmm. run and go anoint that person and give them absolution and and then run back because you have to teach the CCD class at four mm-hmm. o'clock. And then, you know, you're doing that from four to five thirty. You get to eat something real quick. And then like at seven o'clock, you know, there's an event going on in the church. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're hosting something or maybe you're meeting with a couple to, you know, help pr- uh, pr- prepare for marriage or speaking mm-hmm. to a married couple and just giving them pastoral counseling. So obviously, you know, confession, saying mass, Right now, I'm in a thing. So my archdiocese, they started this um, cemetery chaplain ministry. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of huge cemeteries in our diocese. I am the chaplain of one of the, well, I'm the chaplain for the Office of Catholic Cemeteries for the Archdiocese of Newark, but in particular, mm-hmm. at Gate of Heaven Cemetery. So obviously, okay. I'm meeting with a lot of families. I'm, I'm doing a lot of committals, uh, being available to the families. Because if you think about it, in a set, like the amount of people that go to a cemetery on one given day mm-hmm. is infinitely greater than the amount of people that walk into one parish on one particular day. So there's oh, an, wow. always an opportunity to minister, mm. to evangelize. And to, I think one of the reasons why I was put there because okay. I lost my brother about six and a half years ago mm. at a very young age. He was only 32 oh. and I had to go through it and come out on the other side mm-hmm. and Honestly, people are like, well, what do you do as a Catholic cemetery chaplain? Mm. What do you do? And I said, really? I talk about Easter Sunday every day. I celebrate wow. Easter every day, just basically mm. giving hope in the resurrection. Mm. I had the greatest honor of my life um, two months ago, right before the war broke out in Israel. Mm. Okay. I was in the Holy Land, and I had okay. the the jaw-dropping honor of celebrating Mass in the empty tomb, wow. in the tomb itself. I never mm. thought I would ever do anything like that. And I was like, mm. oh, like this is, if it wasn't for the resurrection, Christianity wouldn't be. St. Right. Paul says, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then our entire faith is in vain. Our mm. entire faith. So there's a lot of important aspects of our faith. We're about to celebrate Christmas in just two weeks. Sure. But if Easter Sunday didn't happen, we wouldn't mm. be celebrating Christmas. Right. So right now I'm in a particular thing of just helping people get, you know, mm-hmm. in the grieving process. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, but because of that, and that's really a daytime thing, a lot of my mm-hmm. evenings are free. So I've been blessed to one, I started a podcast, yes. um, two, I've been given, uh, different talks or missions in the evenings. You know, can you speak to my confirmation class okay. this night? Can you give a Advent parish mission at, you know, at this place? So I've been in my car a lot. So, sure. you know, while I do, you know, this, the cemetery ministry, I'm also getting a chance to not only evangelize in one parish, but to evangelize in many different parishes in the Archdiocese. Mm. So, um, sure. so that's what my life is like now. And again, it's, um, 
a little bit of the same routine each day, but the evenings are okay. all different. And here I am on your radio show Amen. talking tonight. <laughs> I love it. We're so glad that you're here. So we've got just a few minutes left, about two minutes, Father. Uh, you plugged your your podcast a little bit, but so how can people? Um, is it like every week, or is it daily, or how, what are what are your shows yeah. like? It's it's weekly. Basically, it's it's about one a week right now. You know, maybe sometimes there'll be two in a week, but it's usually one a week. Um, and yeah, just different, you know, usually a different guest every week. Sometimes it's just me talking about a particular mm-hmm. topic and, um, yeah, like there's nothing more to say, you know, a holy mess, just type that yeah. in or a holy mess, father Paul, you'll find it. It used to be audio yes. only, but now every episode is also video and, yes. um, yeah. And then pretty much I'm, you know, very active on social media, probably way too much, so <laughs> just, you know, father Paul, who is on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you know, Facebook, sure. stuff like that. So um, but like you were saying much earlier on mm-hmm. in the interview that it's, it, it can't be about us. It can't be about you. It can't be about mm-hmm. who am I? It has right. to be about him, you know, Amen. because I get caught up in that too, with the follows mm-hmm. and the downloads and, yes. and the likes. And it's, it's like, where am I getting my worth mm-hmm. from? Yes. My worth cannot come from other mm-hmm. people liking what I do or not like, mm-hmm. like my worth must come from him. It mm. must. Otherwise, forget about it. We're going to fall. You know, there's been way too many mm. famous Catholics that have that have fallen and caused scandal. Yes. So um, anyway, Amen. so but hopefully it helps somebody. I enjoy mm-hmm. doing it and uh, I hope to continue doing it. Well, that that's what we hope as well, Father. So uh, we've really enjoyed it hearing your your powerful story i hope that we get to do it again maybe we can do it every so often and i do uh, these because catholic stand-up too if you ever need to want a priest yes do something spiritual and to do some stand-up comedy okay okay well we might out. need to bring you out to brian college station get ready because we're going to talk up, after up? the show father All awesome right. well again this was uh, father paul hulis uh, and a holy mess a podcast it's been a pleasure have a holy holy amazing christmas father god bless you Merry and, uh, Christmas. and we hope to God see you, you again. Thank you for outstanding. Everything. Thank you once again. And uh, we will be right back with a lot more on Red Sea Radio's Roundup.